This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Do you remember Governor Kathy Hochul's State of the State Address? Do you remember it? Well, don't feel bad. I don't either, and neither does anybody else. Here's a clip from it. My fellow New Yorkers, after three very, very difficult and painful, tragic years, I'm proud to stand here and say that the state of our state is strong. Doesn't that sound like... Every other state of the state or state of the union address you've heard almost every other politician give over the last 20 years. Completely unoriginal, completely boring, completely devoid of most substance. Did it sound like it should cost $2 million? Of course not. Did it sound like it should cost $2 million in taxpayer money? No way. And yet, according to the New York Times... That is exactly the case. Governor Hochul authorized payment of nearly $2 million in taxpayer money for outside ghostwriters to help draft her state-of-the-state speeches. Most of the money was paid to Deloitte Consulting and the Boston Consulting Group to help our governor shape her vision, according to the New York Times. Hochul's office shelled out $871,000 on three outside firms to help prepare this year's speech, with Boston Consulting Group racking up the largest amount of $838,000 for what it listed in records as SOS, state-of-the-state, support. What a joke. I I don't even, I don't see the value of the state of the state address at all. What a waste. Now, I have no problem if she wants to hire people to help write speeches. These speeches are blatant political propaganda and should be paid for from her campaign funds, not from taxpayer money. The taxpayers of the state of New York should be paying for things like health care, cops, roads, education, not for a politician's speech. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. I'll tell you, a council member that I've known a long time, long before he was in the city council, is uh, Justin Brannan. And he had a very interesting piece of legislation, which I think would have helped a lot of parents in this city. He had a piece of legislation that would offer up to two-year interest-free loans to independent schools and programs, which must be repaid when delayed tuition reimbursement is delivered by the 
City Department of Education. The bill is aimed at essentially helping yeshivas and other private schools and parents who complain about long delays in getting tuition repayments from the Department of Education. The bill was supported by the Orthodox Union, which is the major advocacy group for Jewish schools, and a number of other education advocates. However, the very powerful teachers union, the UFT, is not only fighting charter school expansion in Albany, it's waging this new war against private schools here in New York City that receive millions in public funds to serve students with disabilities. And they are marshalling all sorts of opposition to this Brannon legislation. The UFT opposes this bill, which would help a lot of schools and a lot of parents. So now... All these council members that are up for re-election this year, which is all of them, they are in a tough spot where they have to choose between siding with the teachers union, which is very powerful, particularly in the Democratic primaries where most of the elections are decided, and having to pick between them and the yeshivas and the parents of students with special needs who need a little relief. The UFT, in a strongly worded memo of opposition, said council members should prod the DOE to do a better job of paying its vendors instead of creating another layer of bureaucracy. Come on, since when is the UFT opposed to bureaucracy? This is a pretty blatant shot across the bow of every private school in New York City. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. The New York Daily News reporting over the weekend that teachers and staff at an Upper West Side elementary school have racked up thousands of dollars in parking tickets since the fall. This is the latest clash over hard-to-find parking on New York City's congested streets. The school... PS 145 has only four designated parking spots near its building on 105th Street and Amsterdam Avenue. I've tried to park over here. It is tough. And I can't imagine needing to drive there and park there every day. And it's created fierce competition for the coveted spots. Otherwise, its structure and playground are surrounded by no standing zones during school days and hours where education parking permits are not valid. Transportation officials said those zones must be left open to clear the curb for pickups and drop-offs. But school staffers say, while they may be breaking the rules, they are pushing back against them. One of their main complaints is that there has been uneven enforcement, and that seems to be backed up by photos and videos that they provided to the Daily News. School employees who've been double-ticketed by one traffic agent for both illegal parking and misusing permits told the newspaper they used to park in the zone with placards without receiving tickets until this year. Now, to me, that's not much of an excuse. If you got away with it for a long time, that is no excuse to keep getting away with it. But the agent ticketed 18 cars last Tuesday, amounting to $3,240 in fines. That's a lot of money. Another source of consternation for the school employees, other cars without placards in this same no-standing zone on the same day during school hours did not appear to be ticketed. So, look, if we're going to enforce these parking regulations, 
regulations, let's enforce them. Let's not have uh, an uneven enforcement mechanism where some people get ticketed and some people don't. Veronica Chan, who is a pregnant kindergarten teacher who commutes from Westchester, said, we don't want to be lawbreakers. I just would like to continue to do what I do, which is teaching, and I love it. And I understand where she's coming from. There ought to be a uniform standard that the city sticks to and that the teachers are aware of. I hope it works out for everybody. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Well, inflation has officially become concerning. The New York Post over the weekend doing a rather shocking expose on sandwich prices in New York City. New Yorkers right now are being priced out of eating sandwiches. A ham and cheese sandwich at Eli Zabar's EAT on the Upper East Side now costs $31.57, $29 plus tax, and New Yorkers are experiencing intense sticker shock over the cost of what was once a working class staple. It sparked outrage among eaters when a Reddit thread with a photo of the sandwich captioned $29 ham and cheese sandwich drew more than 600 comments and 2,000 upvotes on Monday. And by the way, people say this is pretty much just a mediocre ham and cheese sandwich. There's nothing special about it at all. Can you imagine we are in an era where a ham and cheese sandwich is now selling for $29? That is absolutely staggering. Now, when the New York Post reporter went to purchase the sandwich on Friday, an employee at the Madison Avenue eatery was so embarrassed by the price, they offered to charge them a mere $22. They also noted that there was a full soup and salad meal deal with a drink for $18 at a Panera near buy. Well, that's encouraging. That's actually not bad. But this $29 ham and cheese sandwich is really part of a larger trend of ridiculously priced sandwiches infesting New York City, ranging in price from around $15 at grab-and-go spots like Pret-a-Manger and Subway to anywhere from $18 and up at specialty shops. And I really do think, while inflation eased up a bit last month, I haven't seen any relief in in terms of sandwich prices. And I think the best thing for New Yorkers to do for the time being is to really consider bringing a sandwich from home. And this way, at least maybe these sandwich shops will start bringing down these prices to a more affordable level. We'll see. Beam me up. To be. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market continued.